Thanks for engaging with the Open Life Talks, whether you're on the Open Life Church app or you're listening through iTunes. You know, we know that life can be overwhelming, but we found that true life and peace of mind can come from a growing relationship with Jesus. So thanks for taking the time to listen or watch today's talk. You know, this is part of our James Summer Series, and so we are walking through the book of James verse by verse. We also have some additional resources that we want to put in your hands. Go to any app store, download the Open Life Church app, then from the front, front page, make sure you click on the button open daily. And we have some cool daily devotionals that we want you to read along according to each week that you're listening to or part of. So we encourage you to do that. Here is today's talk. We have been going verse by verse through the book of James since the end of June. 10 weeks, 10 talks, and we've had some incredible discoveries that have surfaced that can challenge us and equip us. And it all began like James 1, 2 through 8. James said, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may mature and be or be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault and it will be given to you. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. Why read that again? Because that's the beginning of James. Because we're going to read it at the end of James. That's kind of the way he did it. If you've been around for the series or if you've been following through on the devotional, James repeats himself. He just keeps hitting on the themes and digging deeper and deeper and deeper. And we've witnessed this reality really as we were debating and looking at all the elements in this final week and this final talk, uh, really honing in on what has all of James shown us. And there's some, some common themes, and, and that last verse really is one of the themes in, in James 1, 2, 8, where he says, don't be double-minded. Like, the world doesn't need any more double-minded followers of Jesus, does it? We don't need anybody else proclaiming, yes, I am a Christian, and then behaving like that whatever that is in your mind. You know, yeah, I follow Jesus. I love Jesus, and he loves me. And then, well, I'm, ah, okay. Okay, I'm going to not judge. You know, we we don't need to be put in that position anymore. But we do. We get put in that position. And I love the wording it uses here. It's challenging us. Man, as followers of Jesus, can we please be those who are stable? Stable, consistent, trustworthy, dependable, like we know where our true north is. That's kind of where James is is hitting over and over again, and he does it through a bunch of different areas. So in this first week, it was like week one, we looked at if you're going to pray, believe in what you're praying for. Like believe, don't be double-minded and go, well, I'm okay, yeah, I'm going to pray for this, but I'm going to behave like it's just not going to be answered. No, believe you're going to get the answer. Week two, we looked at the reality of needing to to listen and and listen to the word of God. Like 
we challenged us to build this daily habit this summer and wrote a devotion every day. And this week's the final week of the open daily devotions on your app. And we've just had different people writing and to develop a daily habit in the Word of God. So healthy. We grow Monday through Sunday, not just on Sunday. And so listening to the Word of God personally when we're reading it. Week three, we realized we need to, to let mercy triumph over judgment and love and serve everybody. God does not show partiality or prejudice. He doesn't show favorites. God loves everyone equally. His love is pursuing us. And so we dove into that. We looked in week four. Uh, again, about this double-mindedness of people and compartmentalizing our faith, not giving action to the things we actually believe. In week five, we looked at the power of the tongue and how in the world can we control this thing and how can we, almost going back to listening, how can we listen not to speak instead of listening to share our story next and interrupting people and, uh, 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 you know, we do, let's just listen. Let's be present with people. And uh, week six, we looked at humility and the power of living an honorable life. Again, man, if we're the stable in the world, this honorable, stable life is often marked by humility. Humility. And it confuses people when we're not humble. Week seven, we jumped into repentance and obedience and and got real, like just, we really got into this. Hey, you are living a double life. Let's repent. And we're all like, yeah, that's me. Okay, I fit, I fit one of those descriptors. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to humble myself before the Lord again. Embrace grace and live my life for Jesus. In week eight, we looked at uh, a reminder not to get ahead of God. And to like literally say, Lord willing, these are my plans. If God allows, I'm going this direction. And uh, whatever those plans are, let's not get ahead of God, right? And so we dove into that. Week nine, we echoed the week previous and looked at the reality, and this was last week, of generosity and the power of our wealth and that we're all the rich in the world and the difference we can make in people's lives through that. In week 10, which is today, our final week, our big idea is those who endure have a single-minded focus on Jesus. So all this focus over the course of these 10 weeks, James hitting time and time again on the double-mindedness of followers of Jesus and challenging us to have a single mind, he lands there again in our text today. It's time to stop saying one thing and doing another, believing one thing and trying to live like we don't believe it in the next realm. And we should be the most consistent and stable people on the planet, or at least moving towards that end, right? We should be marked by great endurance and a single-mindedness focused on Jesus. So James 5, 7 through 20, it's a chunk of text. Here we go. This is our text for today. Dear brothers and sisters, be patient as you wait for the Lord's return. Consider the farmers who patiently wait for the rains in the fall and in the spring. They eagerly look for the valuable harvest to ripen. You too must be patient. Take courage for the coming of the Lord is near. Don't grumble about each other, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. 
Look, the judge is standing at the door. For examples of patience and suffering, dear brothers and sisters, look at the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. We give great honor to those who endure under suffering. For instance, you know about Job, a man of great endurance. You can see how the Lord was kind to him at the end, for the Lord is full of tenderness and mercy. But most of all, my brothers and sisters, never take an oath by heaven or earth or anything else. Just say a simple yes or no so that you will not sin and be condemned. You feel lost yet? You're like, is he just giving bullet points here? Doesn't it feel like you're getting a list? And you're like, okay, no, no okay. Well, we're going to continue. Uh, are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. Are any of you sick? You should call the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith with will heal the sick, and the Lord will make you well. And if you have committed any sins, you'll be forgiven. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Elijah was a human. <laughs> That's, you, ever, you ever read a passage and you're like, Thanks, Captain Obvious, right? It's like, that's good to know that he wasn't alien, because that would have been a weird example to follow. But anyway, it's, it's in here. I laugh at stuff like that when I stumble upon it. Elijah was a human, as we are. Whew. Hope all of us are today, humans. Okay, and yet when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. Then when he prayed again, the sky sent down rain, and the earth began to yield its crops. Final thoughts. Verses 19 and 20, and James is done. says this, My dear brothers and sisters, if someone among you wanders away from the truth and is brought back, you can be sure that whoever brings the sinner back from wandering will save that person from death and bring about the forgiveness of many sins. So, Basically, James just did this download of the entire book, right? He kind of rehashed a few things, but there is a common stream. This common stream in this text gives us a, a few thoughts that we can hone in on today. And really, it's those who endure with Jesus, right? I mean, we're looking at people who endure through things they need prayer for, praise for, they suffering, you know, you hear those who are lost, and there's just all these things, but it's this in thought of endurance, not giving up, right? They have similarities. Thought one is those who endure with Jesus are patient through suffering. Patient through suffering. It's an interesting image that we get. The people in this instance were suffering from being humans, Going back to his language, right? Life itself. But the life that they were living, they were expectant of Jesus' return and growing impatient of it. They were like, okay, we thought Jesus was coming back in our lifetime, so we're wondering if this is true. We're growing impatient, and we're suffering the sins of the world. 
the temptations of mankind, the realities of sickness and cancer and death and job loss and losing children while we're adults and, and miscarriages and not getting pregnant and, right, all these normal challenges that we face today, they were coming to the realization sin came into the world long ago and earth continues to bear the ramifications of that original sin. So bad things happen to good people. We're suffering here. When's Jesus coming back? That's the suffering that they're dialoguing about. The planet continues to get worse. The repercussions continue to get worse. Spiraling. They even thought that in their day. Here we are thousands of years later. Romans 5 1 through 5 says it this way, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ our Lord has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into the place of, unders of undeserved privilege where we now stand. We confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. We can rejoice, too, when we run into problems and trials. For we know that they help us develop endurance. There's that word again, right? And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Every quality it will take to walk out faith with great character, strength, confident hope is found in suffering. In ending, though, the good and the bad with the same unwavering hope in Jesus. Wow. Not that we want you to suffer, but we can kind of put into perspective suffering, bad things, trials, those problems we face, and go, okay, God, you're developing something in me. This is not the time I become unstable or double-minded because, okay, God, how could you do this to me? What is he building in me? Maybe our perspective could be reshaped. Unwavering hope. That's a single-minded person on Jesus would have unwavering hope. Is that what we're marked by? Are people shocked at how unwavering our hope is? Does it shock them and go, well, they must be a follower of Jesus? <laughs> Man. So we hear a term like suffering and enduring under suffering. And um, our definition of that's really based off of our experiences. Maybe some of you, like me, grew up, grew up in poverty. Suffering looked a lot different. It's like, like we literally had seasons during the summer where we're going, uh, will we have water? Because we got our water from a stream and it would dry up. Like it, you're going, what? Did, where, did you live on a prairie? Is this little house on a prairie? Kind of. It was kind of like that. Um, you know, just like, you, but that might not be your suffering. You may have never faced wondering where the next meal comes from or, or whether you're going to have water to drink or if the power is going to be on. Um, you know, perspective, 
Maybe you grew up with a work ethic that was beyond others. Like one of the funny things in the Huff home, it's like, I don't feel well today. And whether that's going to change our plans, we're like, you bleeding? No. Do you have a very high fever? Convulsing? No. Okay. Uh, you know, have you thrown up? No. You're good. Let's go to school. You know, we're just like, or, or let's, hey, we're going to show up. Like, am I passing out? Am I in the yard? Nope. I'm going. It's going to happen. That's kind of our work ethic. We, and then, so we, we chuckle. When some people are like, I'm sick, I can't make it. And then you find out, well, what, what, what was wrong? You okay? Oh, yeah, we had the sniffles. You know, it's like suffering. Eh, ER, sniffles. That's kind of, right? Well, it's that with life, too. It's like suffering in the faith. We might go, man, somebody made fun of Christians and I was in the room. Help me, Lord. Right? Somebody from another country, suffering for them is being lined up, being beheaded and having their head displayed in a village for their faith. Suffering for them is, is losing their life in front of tens of thousands of people to intimidate people not to follow Jesus. You know, you're just going, okay, perspective. Got it, Thad, thanks. Don't be graphic, please. This is supposed to be happy church, right? That's just the reality, though. Our, when we hear suffering, and we don't know what they were facing, but when we're talking about suffering and wanting Jesus to come back, maybe they're imprisoned. Maybe they're suffering real physical persecution. I can't imagine. I'm suffering. My, my Bible plan didn't download today on the app on my one-generation-old iPhone. So can you pray for me, Dad? pastor you know it's kind of I mean we just got to think okay I get it I get the suffering some of these people are having to endure we can be grateful that our suffering's not that deep but we still suffer and our suffering is real and we still need to be patient and stable in that season what I'm amazed at is that people are stable in their faith in that type of suffering Missionaries who watched their spouse and children be taken from them, and yet they still love the people and reach the people of countries. The stories you hear of unconditional love and serving and patience through suffering can blow your mind. So perspective is interesting, isn't it? If you get that bad diagnosis... Does that derail your faith? If you lose that job, does that derail your faith? And so what James says is go back into the Old Testament, open up the book of Job and read it. And it, if you think your life is bad, that's why that book in the Bible exists, so that we can read it. And I have in seasons where I really felt like I was suffering, opened up the book of Job and read it cover to cover and just gone, okay, perspective. Thank you, God, for being faithful. Your mercies do endure. That sucked for him, and you got him through it. I don't know what you're suffering through, but the world around you who doesn't know Jesus needs you to be patient, needs you to be patient in suffering.
so that on the other side you develop all that character and unwavering heart that somebody's going to watch you get through and that's going to be what's going to make them follow Jesus. Okay, yeah, thought two. <laughs> Those who endure with Jesus pray. And Jesus demonstrated this. I mean, when he was suffering the end of his life, what did he do? He got away to pray right before he was taken in the Garden of Gethsemane. And you look at this, and man, we need to pray when we're in need. You have not because you ask not. Common theme throughout James, right? Even from the beginning. Ask and believe that you'll receive. Are you sick? Pray. Are you in need of a job? Pray for that. And be specific. Marriage problems? Share that. Pray for that. We need to pray in praise. Are you coming to church with like a thankful spirit for the week? So when the worship team kicks in in a song, you're ready to join in. I always, like when I come in, I'm just like thankful. But what would worship be if it wasn't rev? If, if worship is the only time you're worshiping in the week, then it's kind of revving you back up, right? But if you've been building on your faith during the week, you come in and it even revs you up more. And I look at that and I go, man, we're being challenged to pray in thanks, in praise to God for what's going awesome in our life. To where prayer isn't just a when it's bad pattern. It's like we just pray. Sometimes it takes, you know, being incredibly thankful. If we want to be incredibly thankful, sometimes we have to see what we don't have. So maybe that's you. Maybe you need to realize, okay, it, to truly appreciate what I have, maybe I need to get away and see what others don't have. And one way to do that is a missions trip. That's why we're pumped that we have two opportunities to present to you on the 23rd for those who are interested. Get away. Go to a third world country and experience what not having something's like. It'll wreck you in a good way so when you come back you're like wow okay i get it i get it we are truly privileged truly i want to be grateful so i need to witness what humble looks like next week is back to school sunday we'll honor those that are working in education and it sounds like there's a lot of people who work in education that are thankful right now, or almost thankful right now, for contracts and increase. And, like, is that, like, that needs to be something where, like, thank you, God. Like, that's your provision. And I know there's a lot of politics involved in it and a lot of people that are on every side. But it's like, Lord, thank you. Right? We should be walking in praising him. Increase. Well, not only should we pray in need and in praise, but we should pray with each other. Something powerful happens, right? It says we need to pray with each other. And that prayer is powerful and effective. Again, hu humility is necessary to invite ourselves into a space where we share a need with others. 
I'm going through this. It's never easy to admit, like, I have need. Or, you know, pray for me because, or pray for my friend because, or, you know, whatever. So we humble ourselves and we confess to one another, I need prayer. Like, life is messy. Being a human is not easy. So confess our humanness to one another and ask for prayer. It's okay that life is hard, that you're patient and suffering. You know, when a bunch of single-minded followers of Jesus get together in a room and are praying for one another, it says things happen. We're being promised that things will move in the natural and in the spiritual because we pray together. This is how we patiently endure. And there's something beautiful. And we're talking groups now. Group signups are live on the app and online, and we'll have signups out next week on the table. But there's something beautiful that happens when we're in a room together and we express our need and everybody prays for one another. And then we see something happen that week. Come back and go, guys, that thing you prayed for last week, the Lord answered. Yes. And, and the more transparent and the more safe that circle becomes, powerful things happen. We were not meant to do life alone. We were never meant to pray alone. We can pray alone, but we're all supposed to pray with one another and watch what could happen. Don't face that diagnosis alone. Don't face not getting pregnant alone. Don't face losing a job alone. Don't face sending kids to school alone. Please don't face raising teenagers alone. Not pointing at anybody. Anyway, so, you know, um, pray for one another. Are you sick? Pray. Are you in need of work? Pray. Are you struggling with sin? Pray. Are you struggling with loss? Are you in mourning? Pray. And pray together. John, or 1 John 5.14 says, This is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we asked of him. Isn't that beautiful? What an amazing promise. So let's start asking. Thought three, and here's the biggie that James just lands with. And if we're going to be those that will endure in single-minded focus with Jesus, we need to help others return. We need to help others return. Saved people save people. Right? And that's what James is talking about here is, man, if anybody wanders away, the person who can love them consistently, unwaveringly, and doesn't let go hope for that person, if you can lead them back, you're going to cover over a multitude of sins for them. What an honor to be those people in lives. We've had that journey. We've experienced that with many people in our life where you see everybody turning their back and being against and through affairs or gambling and different scenarios in people's lives, but you're like... I'm going to still love you. I'm going to still believe in what I know is true for you. And I'm still going to come after you. And it messes with people. It absolutely 100% messes with people that someone would be consistent 
in loving them even when they're in the full wrong rebellion seasons of life. Can you be that people? Because we've been commissioned throughout scripture to be God's ambassadors. Like we're the spokesmen for God. So I think God loves us way more than we'll ever receive. But we need to then be those people who serve and love unconditionally, even though everything in us is going, I'm so mad at what they've done to each other, but I'm still going to love them. It's not easy. It takes grit at times to do that. But we have every right as an ambassador for God to love everyone. To be single-minded in Focus on Jesus so much that we love people as Jesus would want us to love them. And in that, when I was praying for this talk, I just felt like the thought of we're not stepping on people's toes to point people to Jesus. Like, that's our single, if that's our single point of focus and, like, where we find our hope and comfort, why would we not introduce somebody else to that comfort? And I know sometimes, like, there's rules where you work and there's different things in place, but there's got to be a way, a side to share Jesus with people. Because they need this same hope that's only found in him. It's not going to be found through you loving them. Like you literally need to be the one who introduces them to Jesus. To bring them back. And how beautiful is that day? We need to not be ashamed of sharing Jesus. And it's not that we're ashamed. We just need to be open to sharing. Because he's the answer. Jesus becomes the answer due to our single-minded focus in him. And they're wondering how we're not wavering in the face of suffering, in life, and humanity, let's point them to Jesus. It's okay. It should be super simple and constant that we're doing that. And life has a way of overwhelming us. And so everybody around us is at a point, at some point in time, they're overwhelmed. And we can tell them, man, the way that I have found true life and peace of mind is through a growing relationship with Jesus. So join me at our group or join me at church on Sunday. Join me in serving this community unconditionally. And you'll discover where this life comes from in me. Experience life with me. That's what we're, we're here to tell people that. So way to go, those of you who are active in that. And man, light the fire if you're not. Our action point is super simple today. Put your single-minded focus on Jesus. Like, let's trust in him. Let's let him be everything for us. Hebrews 12 says it this way in verses 1 through 4. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross. He was crucified, right? 
disregarded its shame. Now he is seated at the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of the hostility he endured from sinful people when you won't become weary and give up. Then you won't become weary and give up. After all, you've not yet given your lives in your struggle against sin. I want to pray that we don't grow weary and give up. That we're unwavering. That we're single-minded. That we don't become the double-minded, another double-minded example of a follower of Jesus in someone's life. But we're the single-minded. That we are a representation of being a faithful follower of Jesus. And that that would contagiously spread. Then... We're going to receive communion today. What we celebrate is that Jesus endured suffering on a cross for us. He gave up his life as an offering for sin so that we can literally be forgiven of our sin. He paved the way for our healing and forgiveness. And so he challenged us right before he went to the cross to remember the blood that he was going to shed and the body he was going to sacrifice. And later the disciples said, man, if you've made a decision to follow Jesus, celebrate with us in this. Take the the grape juice in our instance. Take the juice and remember his blood that was shed for you. And then take the bread, be it gluten-free or not gluten-free. They didn't say this in the Bible times, but there's both options for you. And take this bread and this is my body that was broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And so we we dip the bread in the, the juice and we take it and we're remembering what he did on the cross so that we can endure suffering. Which is not near as bad as what he endured. And that we would not grow weary. That we would be single-minded in our focus on him. God, I thank you for what you're doing in our life. Thank you for the book of James that challenges us to be active in our faith and to be unwavering in our commitment following you and you alone. God, I pray for endurance in everyone's life today. I pray that you will give them the strength to face whatever struggle they're facing, but not alone with others praying and believing for the patience to go through to the other side. You're building strength in them. You're building something in them that is going to be useful in the lives of someone else. And God, I pray that right now, You will help us be the single-minded people who follow you, that encourage others, that share Jesus with others, and can point to a way to true life in peace of mind and a growing relationship with you. Life is going to be overwhelming, but Lord, give us that single-minded following of Jesus' strength. And God, as we celebrate communion today, if there's somebody here that is yet to follow you, You warn us that we should not partake of communion unless we've made that decision to follow you and give our lives to you because we don't want to drink or eat judgment on ourselves. So, Lord, if someone's yet to receive you into their life, may they just say, Jesus, I want to follow you. I invite you into my life. And may they experience the hope and transformation of Jesus today.
And may they be able to approach these tables and take this bread as your body and dip it in this grape juice as a representation of your blood and be grateful for the suffering you paid so we could have eternal life. We could live life to the full now. We could have forgiveness of sin. Thank you, God, for this opportunity to celebrate with you a life that follows Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Well, thanks once again for engaging with today's talk. You know, if you're listening on the Open Life Church app or through the message archive, you can fill out a connect card. Let us know that you're listening, and we would love to pray with you if you have any prayer requests. So make sure you fill that out there. Again, you, from the front page of our Open Life Church app, we have some additional resources, a daily devotional that we want you to be able to have in your hands. So click on that button, open daily, and be encouraged by other people at Open Life who are engaging with the book of James as well. Thanks again for being part of what Open Life is doing, and thanks for taking time out of your day to listen or watch here at Open Life Church.